Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. So today on the podcast, the one and only Bad Boombox. This dude is amazing um i came across him during the pandemic um through his kind of tiktok and instagram and his music he makes banging techno like really hard techno um his social medias are, are great that it's very he's just kind of created a brand for himself and i love it i love what he's done um so i wanted to get him on the podcast uh I've spoke to him on and off for a few months now. Um, and he's a really nice guy. Really, really nice guy. Um, great conversation. So, yeah, without further ado, Bad Boombox. Bad Boombox. What's cooking? Good looking. Hey, what's good? I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> finally, finally, finally got a chance to talk, man. I know. I um, Yeah, saw you recently. Yeah, I saw you at the Chris Lake show the other night. Um and it was good to like catch up. Yeah, but how was how was the show after? I know you played some warehouse. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we stopped by for the Chris Lake show to you know get the ears a proper warm up. And yeah, didn't expect to see you there, but you know it was good uh, good running into you. And then yeah, went to a warehouse after. Was there like late late? Yeah. And you know, I love those I love those kinds of gigs. Just mm. like just playing whatever I want. <laughs> You know, yeah, you don't often get to do it in America as well because the licensing laws and all of that, and they're always kind yeah. of like very low key. Is it like, is the underground scene big in LA? Do you see, do you find? Oh yeah, yeah, that's like the main. I f- I find it to be like the main like driving force really behind at least the uh, more like the techno and tech house culture. Um, you know, it's like one of the one of the last places you can like really go express yourself, mm. and yeah, that's true in every other big city. But LA's got something special going with that. I love um, there's something there's something interesting about it when in whatever big city you're in, whatever the uh, the mainstream culture is, mm. there's always an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, and so because like the LA, you know, like the Hollywood and all that, like takes up so much mm. of people's space then they go to the warehouses and they rage and you know it's it's fun (laughs) yeah there's always there's always room in every city for the misfits as i call them um yeah it's not necessarily calling them wrong but just the people that want to step outside of the what everyone else is doing and kind of step outside the box and just yeah you're right express themselves rather than just following the crowds and going to what everyone else is going to yeah exactly it's hard though, like there is, there's like a certain district in LA that, um, you know, it's, it's become a thing at because it is hard to commit to traveling, you know, like LA is like so big, it's the size of, you know, like a state. It's huge. And, and yeah, and you need a car to get everywhere. And now recently Uber prices have been crazy, like since the end of the pandemic, um, they just decided to the price gouge or something and 
Yeah. So like people committing to plans, it's tough. So when, when there is something it's they're committed and they go like all night and, um, you know, as opposed to like bouncing around and like flaking on certain things. I, th- I think that's the, th- the whole point about the underground, which I think kind of gets lost in the word underground, right? Is it's underground because it's supposed to be for the minority and it's, mm-hmm. it's, the minority it's for cheap it's it's supposed to be cheap if you know what i mean it's not supposed to be an expensive practice um going to a dingy warehouse is not supposed to be expensive whether that's like ticket price whether that's going to get into the venue like yeah. it's all those factors and after a pandemic you yeah it's not even it's 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 all the external factors that we can't control that just got even more expensive whether that's living cost, whether that's groceries, whether that's kind of Ubers, like everything's just got more expensive, which then makes the underground even smaller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's having that uh, accessibility and all that. And obviously each city is going to have its own different like flair on it. Mm-hmm. Um, LA, I've noticed like people like to, in these spaces, they like to explore too. There needs to be some kind of like exploration yeah. factor. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just like just engaging things to do like throughout the night, like instead of like just one dance floor, there's like, you know, like uh, little areas they can go in and find out for themselves. And, well, you know, I've I think just, it's like, about the experience, isn't it? It's, it's not just yeah. about who's DJing. It's like, yeah, exactly. Generally in the underground, it's, it happened in the UK in the 90s with like the rave scene and like the free parties. It was never about the, the DJ it was about the experience of every of the community getting together. Actually, this this most recent uh, gig, it was uh, it's something I hadn't seen in a really long time, and I mean, I wish uh, I wish I could have gone raving in the nineties. I was just mm. a kid, but from what I see, it's that um, it's not so much about the DJ. People mm. go to dance, and when they have space to dance, yeah, and you know, there was like there was points during the show where like you know people have their back turned towards mm-hmm. me they're dancing with each other and it's just like it's like wow this is yeah this is fucking awesome it's like, awesome right and you know you you just provide the music you don't have to be you know center like, of attention all the time yeah yeah and i think that's the thing that i i like i think that culture will slowly start to come back when people just get so fed up with just being just going to see headliners I think, but I think yeah. that I think promoters need to change that realistically. I think promoters need to. Well, it's not a need, and I I don't want to say should or shouldn't because at the end of the day, it's still a business. But mm. I think you'll find more and more undergroundy parties that that you kind of get more of a culture with. Whereas, what let's say, I don't want to kind of throw any. Well, it's not even throwing anyone under the bus. It's just facts, like the sounds the exchanges the academies they're big businesses they're not about it's not about creating culture it's about Mm -hmm. putting a dj on that everyone wants to see and everyone and and them selling as many tickets and then selling as many bottles and like like i've had it on on an occasion in certain venues i'm i'm not going to throw them under the bus where like i've been doing like an all all night when i did my open to close tour um Mm. i used to play like drum and bass at the beginning like liquid drum and bass and like 
practically no one's in the club right at the beginning. So yeah. I'm just playing it for myself. And we, we had promoters be like, can you not play this? And we were like, well, why? And they were like, mm. well, we've had bottled people come in that want to buy tables and they don't like this music. Dude, I had that in college. Like, it's yeah. when I started DJing. It's, yeah, same thing. It's like uh, a lot of time, even like the manager of the club would like come, come like tell me what to play. And, you know, I mean, it's the gig, but, you know, it's like baby steps. Like, you got to do that before you're an artist. But, you know, I understand. Yeah, I, mean, I understand it to a certain extent. I, I, get, I get the business side. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just how do you, how do you switch that business to the culture? And how do they kind of mix? There's there's some people that do it really well. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You're also you're also walking a very interesting line because you're like you make and play super kind of underground music, but you're also like ridiculously famous on social media. <laughs> so, getting there, getting there. Yeah, but like. So it's like, how does that work? Well, I mean, it's been a, you know, it's been a transition. Um, when when I started Bad Boombox and started TikTok, it was actually exactly two years ago. Okay, I was living in Berlin. And yeah, it was like, at the time, though, it was a uh, funny story. I was like, crazy broke. Mm. Still kind of am, but like, it was... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I was just backpacking around Europe. I was living on like 25 bucks a week, just mm. like just taking whatever I could get. Yeah. And so, you know, it didn't it wasn't my intention to just like blow up on social media. Like I never had that in mind. I was, you know, just trying to post like funny things, but uh on the music side, it was, you know, I needed things that worked for um like the labels I was talking to yeah. and you know, I just needed to get my name out there so like I would compromise sound a little bit. But, you know, in the past, like since the pandemic, in the past year or so, and, uh, you know, I became friends with Justin Jay and he helped me mm-hmm. kind of just unlock this part. It's like, yo, you don't have to do all that. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, just just do the shit that like is like really fun just for you. And so, you know, now in the past year, a couple months has just been um, all the content, everything is just geared that way. Just mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make memes if I want. Like I'll make uh you know like funnier videos if I want I'll make some weird dark underground thing if I want, um, and yeah and then whoever decides to follow me like I stop like really like pushing it yeah why you know? is there any reason why you stop pushing it? It's like I want it to be one of the one of the things about this project is that um I want to be like super authentic mm. and when I was still living in Berlin it was uh. You know, it was I was doing fun things and funny things, but um, the thing I learned from them and uh, all the partiers there and all the people I met at raves there, it's just like, man, you just got to keep it keep it super real and you keep it real, keep it relatable, and yeah. So even if even if it's sacrifice now, it's like even if it sacrifices some views or some likes or whatever, if I kept it real to the brand. Mm. then at the end of the day i'm happy and you know i enjoy just even if one person sees it it doesn't matter yeah so what um, what would you class as the brand what would you what would, if there were parameters or have you not even set those but like what would it be because it's, it's a really interesting conversation because i think as 
majority of artists probably couldn't relate to this where you start off doing one thing and then you kind of pivot doing doing something else and a lot of people are like why the fuck are they changing because it's doing so well but i think realistically it's what the issue what what the the genius side of it is pivoting and keeping those people and also gaining more in the in the process yeah it's a it's it's been a tough tough line to tread it's like I don't want to, I don't want to like really piss off the people that have already been following me for uh, a certain thing. Mm. Um, so, you know, I try to inject like little things that they're familiar with already. Like uh, a lot of it came from uh, this time last year, I was living with my parents and I was just like bored, just making TikToks. <laughs> so uh, bless you. And a lot of, and a lot of the, uh, like all the meme pages, they, I would just post the things and they would just pick up on it and repost it. Mm. So this following just like Blew went up. crazy, yeah. you know, it, was, it just went from, I mean, I don't, I don't even know the numbers anymore, but um, the thing about that is those people are following me for a reason. So it's like at the end of the day, as a DJ, you know, we're in service to the people, mm-hmm. you know, like I try to try to make it like not about me, yeah. even though my face is on all the <laughs> things, yeah, yeah. you know, um, so yeah, like I don't want to, I don't want to do them dirty, but gotta, gotta evolve it, man. I want to be my, my, uh, my goal is to, you know, just like play the techno stages, you know, be Euro boy, eat kebabs, like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like, if I go too deep into the meme world, then like, that's, that's, you know, what you become known as. And then, yeah. I, I noticed me pitching the music was like, you know, to labels and demos and all that was like way harder yeah. when it's coming from the meme guy versus, you know, the guy that like happens to make memes, but is like really a, you know, legit artist. I think the thing is, is though you're like TikTok and your Instagram, like from what I've noticed and maybe I didn't, maybe I wasn't following you too much during the actual meme period. So maybe I've just seen the kind of pivot, but Nice. <laughs> your, your your videos so maybe yeah so maybe you're actually think you're still in the meme boy but from the way i look at it is like yes i look at you as a tiktok as somebody that's famous on tiktok 100 percent um oh yeah but i also look at you as as somebody that's authentic to your brand and you do what you do at the end of the day um and I think there's something really authentic about it. Like how many people are doing what you do and that are that successful with it? Like there's I could there's probably two people I know off the top of my head. And <laughs> and you. And I think there it's really interesting because I think now is like it's a really it's a really interesting time about and I think the pandemic kind of switched this big time, whereas you've got people becoming and this sounds really bad, but I really don't mean this in a bad way. So don't take this as in a bad way, but famous TikTok DJs. And I think, mm. I think we're, I think it's going to become more and more, but people will, it, it's going to be more so based on your brand and what you kind of represent as your brand. And then the music comes kind of second but people mm-hmm. know what they're getting. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I think it's a really, a really interesting way 
the kind of the art space is going because it's so online based. Yeah. No, I totally feel that. That's uh first of all, thanks. That's uh <laughs> that means a lot. That's um that means the last couple months the pivot's been successful if if you see me as a as an artist over the meme guy. Nothing wrong with memes. I love a <laughs> Well, I, th- I think it's I think it's also also that artist thing is you want to kind of be taken seriously, right? Um, yeah. Like I had yeah. it with me. Like I've released some god awful shite music, and <laughs> like one of them was Spandex, a, a record called Spandex, which I'm surprised you haven't even fucking done a meme about because it would be hilarious if you did. But like, really? <laughs> yeah, it's awful. It's the most awful record. But at the time, I was like, this is going to be a hit. Right. Yeah, we're thinking in terms of hits and not in terms of you know like yeah. overall. And realistically, yeah. at the time, I loved it, and then, and then maybe three months after it was out, I was like, "What? What the f- fuck did I do?" And now <laughs> I can't even erase that from my. I need to erase it from my memory, but I can't. Um, yeah, it just lives on there forever. It happened to be. It was released, right? Yeah, it was de- like on defected yeah. records. Oh, well, <laughs> that's that's not going away. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that's the, that's the amazing thing about the internet now is that you can really just like pivot things pretty quickly. Like, and yeah, people forget pretty fast. People so. forget very fast. Very yeah. Very that's fast. uh, that's that's what I'm hoping on. I still have my like old music before my music was ready. Mm. It was you know like being released and. Uh, I mean, there's never like a perfect time to release. Like it's kind of, I think Justin told me this, it's kind of like getting a tattoo. You just, mm. uh, you know, you don't have any regrets. It's how you felt in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, you get to wear that and see, you know, I dis- no regrets. I disagree with that. I have regrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's, I cringe a lot, dude. A lot of the time. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing is that. My day is just. Uh, yeah it's yeah. like what the do you fuck? ever do you ever like audibly cringe at a memory like you know you like release a record or something or yeah where <laughs> you just make like you just you just start like screaming and your roommates like what the fuck is going yeah. on 100 like, ah. like i yeah i had a fucking cl- i had a clothing company called doing it for the cuddles like that is the most cringe thing ever <laughs> <laughs> like let's be honest it's fucking yeah. cringe but realistically when it was when it was made it was it was very authentic. It was just an inside joke between me and my friends. No one got that. No one knew that side of it. And yeah. it kind of just lived between our friends. But realistically, it was cringe as fuck. Like I, it needed to stay in our friends. It didn't have to go anywhere else. I feel like cringe comes from when it's like a forced emotion, like um, like cheesy. You know, like how do you define like a cheesy song, for example? It's like... When you're forcing an emotion that's not really there, but the fact that you had an inside joke with your friends and all that, like, and it's real to you, then it uh, that makes it that makes it better. Even if you can explain it to like one person, it's like it makes it a real thing and not really that cringeworthy. Cringe is like when I had like memes or uh, music, you know, two years ago, where I would just make it just to try to fit in and yeah. not, um, you know, like have it like be one hundred percent authentic. Yeah, I yeah. I guess so. I think right. I think it's just yeah, it's strange. It's strange. <laughs> how how walk me through your go on. What, what was what was your when you were adjusting though? Like when going from spandex to your thing, like how was how was that adjustment? 
it's been a long process. So for me, it was like the spandex thing. Then during that time, I'd released on Dirty Bird. And then the Dirty Bird, I was kind of releasing on Dirty Bird on a regular. And then I got mm-hmm. to... I got to the point where I needed to kind of change my music. I, I was I was making music that just didn't fit on Dirty Bird. And mm. I wasn't playing music that was being released on Dirty Bird. And I just... It was just, did it naturally evolve that way, or did you have like an aha moment where like you just wanted to make something different? Um, I it just it just naturally went. There was no there was no like I guess yes. There was probably some times where I, I was like, I've done the, the Dirty Bird thing. I I kind of created a Will Clark sound on Dirty Bird, and it kind mm-hmm. of did it. It ran its course. And the thing when you're releasing on other people's record labels or some record labels like. There's no real growth. Um, you're literally as big as your last record. And if it's a DJ-led record label, you're never going to be as big as the owner. Right. And you're never going to be able to progress past the owner, even if your records are bigger than the owner. Like, it's, And that's mm-hmm. no dig at anyone. Like, It's just facts. It's just yeah. how it is. Unless, yeah, it's just how it is. I don't. There's not a single label that is run by a DJ that allows their artist to headline over the DJ. <laughs> so it was like a case for me is like, okay, I have, my career was kind of going on the downward hill. Like I wasn't, I, I was in bad management. So I left my managers. I stopped releasing on Dirty Bird and when was your last Dirty Bird? Uh, I don't even know. I can't even remember. Um, that's why ago. you. That's why. That's why you have like a big LA following, right? Like you're always in LA. I'm in LA quite right. a bit. Um, Post pandemic, it it's been more like there's been. It's weird. There's been. We've got like three shows in consecutive months, but it's not supposed to be like that. It's, I usually do LA twice a year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Dirty Bird is the reason why I'm here. Like, it's it. I can't thank them enough for allowing yeah. me to have the career that I have. Um, but for me, it's I need to take it. I need to ch- take my career by the balls and and build it because no one else is going to do it for me at the end of the day. Which is oh, when yeah. I took took my manager on Ryan. Like, mm-hmm. we really just put a p- big plan together. And by then, I was releasing on. Um, Denson Pika's label. Um, I had the, a remix on Drum Code. I had a release coming out on. Um, That's when I started Soul. following you. Those were like huge. The Denson Pika thing, mm-hmm. like that was like 2019, right? Yeah, uh, 2018, I think. Oh, wow. 2018. Uh, no, maybe 2019. Yeah, right at the beginning. Um, yeah, it was super different because yeah. then, you know, going back on the back catalog like a year prior, like, the the sound was you know had evolved yeah that's and that's the thing and it's kind of interesting like what you where you're saying is where where you're at with what you're what you were doing on on social media and things like it's still your art right it's still you're still um expressing yourself as as an artist whether that's making tiktok whether that's making memes or whether that's writing techno 
like we all evolve. Like I know you were doing like the more tech house stuff to start with. Mm. How did that evolve for you going from tech house to techno? At the time it was, it was like the types of shows I was going to and it kind of, uh, it was like the pre Berlin, uh, residency. <laughs> like I, um, you know, I was going like a lot of like the, uh, like Croatia Island clubs, like yeah. things like that. So it's just like what I was exposed to. And then my mentality being like super broke, I was like, all right, I need to yeah. do this to at least like get a name and then kind of switch up into like the kind of stuff I want. And I mean, I still, you know, enjoyed making those, those, uh, those tracks, like, um, the guys that found me like slightly sizzled, like they were starting out too. like, I literally had two followers yeah. and they were like, yo, you, you want to put this out? And so I can't thank them enough. Yeah. Uh, same thing. But, um, yeah, the sound just didn't feel, it was like half, half real, but half like, I was like. I would like keep turning up the BPMs and I was like, no, no, I have to, yeah, you know, and when, when you catch yourself saying like no to yourself a bunch, then it's, uh, it builds up over time and just mm. like, it's like not the best feeling. Yeah. Like I kind of want like, if I wanted to make like some like 170, like electro, <laughs> like breakbeat thing, like <laughs> why yeah. not? Yeah, you definitely. Know? I feel that. And I think you do have to be happy at the end of the day we have to play the music ourselves i don't know if you play your own music that often but for me it's like i'm going to dj i have to play my music and if i don't like the music i'm playing then what's the what's the point yeah exactly and i think there's there comes like i've released records that i really really like that i wouldn't play because they just don't really fit in what i do but i still really like them and i still yeah. kind of stand by them for what they what they are um yes yeah, it's, it's strange isn't it mm -hmm. super strange so how do you film all of this tiktok stuff because it's <laughs> like this like one tiktok isn't like one video takes a lot of work i can from what i can imagine it started out that way but uh um, the thing that helps is that my day job is, uh, like I do a lot of like visualizers. I do like lyric videos, okay. video editing, that kind of stuff. Um, actually probably for some people you might know. And, um, yeah, so it's just, just taking no skills, but then I don't know that's like at a more professional level. So the hard part for me is to like make it look a little shittier if that makes sense like i have to make it look <laughs> diy yeah. like it's like like i have my dslr with like a nice lens like no 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 like i yeah. got just shitty little iphone like on the on the uh facetime cam um i got this is my bedroom but the green screen is just up permanently I yeah got, like lights and yeah just do I do several different types of things, but yeah, usually I just have like an ideas list of TikToks going mm. where it's so long at this point and just cross out ones I did uh, in terms of like funny ones. Other ones are just like, just quick, like beat making things that uh, people like. Like yeah. there's like, I'm on TikTok anyway, just like scrolling. And if there's, I come across some like dog yawning or some bird taking a shit or whatever, it's like, oh, I can, you know, just flip that real quick. <laughs> it takes about, you know, if I make the track in like a you know 20 30 minutes and then yeah uh 20 30 minutes to film it and then like you know at most like half hours like edit it mm -hmm. and like put it all together and yeah some of them take off some of them don't 
and I kind of like that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's the thing about TikTok, isn't it? Is one one can do really well, and another one can do absolute shite. Just like a record, uh, it's exactly like exactly. a record. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but I love. That's the thing I love so much about the uh, TikTok algorithm. It's like genius. I I go back and watch my like old ones. You know, kind of like when uh, when you're several months away uh, removed from the music you mm-hmm. made, like you no yeah. longer you're no longer attached to it, so you can objectively listen to it. I watch the old old TikToks, and I see a 100% direct correlation between the ones that are good, aka like relatable, mm. and how many views they have. Yeah, something about the algorithm, just like they they push the ones that you know they people work. would engage with. Yeah. And just suppress the ones that are not really like engage worthy, and yeah. So sometimes you'll see like, <laughs> like there's there's one point in my feed. It's like have like one thousand views, one thousand views, like three point one million, one thousand <laughs> views. <laughs> like, how, how does that happen? You know? Yeah, and you're right though, isn't it? It's, you, at the end of the day, it goes back to what you were saying about DJ. DJ, you're the people's person. Like you have to, you're the people's slave. Like you, you, it's the same on everything else, right? We're we're only putting we're putting content out for people to hope that people like what we put out and then mm-hmm. they then like us. And yeah. I think that's what people forget is that a lot of con a lot of DJs content is just their ego. Right. For their ego. It's just to be like, yeah. Oh, look at me, look at this, look at that, la la la. No one gives a fuck if you got a Porsche or a Ferrari or on a private jet. Everyone. <laughs> oh wants, my god! Yeah. Everyone <laughs> never wants, want to be that guy. No, exactly. And everyone wants to see like some interesting shit. And it's something like I've my social media has always done pretty well. Like over the yeah. years, it's kind you're, of like you're really good on Instagram. You have a very. It seems like just, yeah, you know, regimented and super regimented. And I'm trying to do that with TikTok, but I just like haven't. I, I need to speak to you pretty much, but I haven't like, <laughs> I haven't got that. I haven't worked it out yet. If you know what I mean? And I know it's going to take me years to work that out, but honestly, like with TikTok, it's, uh, I love, especially when it first came out, like I started posting, um, two years ago and it was like pretty new and it's still really new. Yeah. And the thing I love about it is that it, you're just accessible to so many people. You can, you access so many different things your algorithm is so curated to like the deeper you go the deeper it gets and like i get i don't even get like the people dancing anymore i get like weird distorted like historical information or like <laughs> astrophysics TikTok. <laughs> like it's like it's 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 really genius but it takes it takes it's a it's a community at the end mm. of the day and what it takes to you know join the community is the same thing as everything else you just spend spend time on it. Like once you flip through a couple, you know, maybe on your free time while you're yeah. taking a shit, like, you know, half hour here and there, like, like see what things like people are posting. Mm. And I always check the comments, like any video I sort of like, I check the comments, to see what people say. And you see like all this engagement and everything, people having like posting their thesis on there. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. like, um, and then it kind of just gives you a sense of uh, like what the community like kind of goes towards. Do you enjoy it? yeah i mean whenever i have time now like i i used to (laughs) make them like every day now it's like they have to be a little more curated 
but uh every now and then i'll put up something something i felt like in the moment like if, if there's like a duet or something mm. like s- something that's just like asking for a duet or a stitch it's uh you know like even even if no one sees it it's like it's funny to me it's going up <laughs> <laughs> i what's the reason behind not not doing it so much now or is it just is it the fact you just don't have the time yeah it's like a it's a time thing partially part of it is actually like living here in LA one reason why I'm moving is uh it's just like harder to like do things and like mm. go outside and like get content and all that and it like adds up yeah and um you know between that like me doing my day job like trying to pay the bills and yeah. then also like trying to get the music thing going like really been putting time into uh like developing the sound into um what it is and you know yeah it's uh it takes time but it's i know tiktok's always there you know i know i can um just keep posting yeah post cool things that happen and you know kind of evolve it totally so where where are you moving i know i know this but people don't know this so the people want to know yeah so you guys are one of the first to hear um yeah leaving la and i at at this time like only got a couple days here um going doing a little mini u.s tour and like uh stay with my parents for a month and then going to prague gonna be uh gonna be a czech boy (laughs) (laughs) super stoked i want to be like close to berlin without actually living in berlin but also like kind of help uh kind of see like what the what the prague scene's all about have you been to prague before yeah yeah it's uh i've stopped by there many times really love the just like the energy of the city the you know everything obviously looks magical i can like do a million things there and then like the people's attitude i I like a lot because it's like it just feels real it's like Mm. authentic you know it's not i can't say i've ever been there um oh man you gotta go well when you're (laughs) out there i'll come visit you like hell yeah i've had no reason to to go i don't think i've been yeah, really there's some big clubs. There's uh there's big clubs and there's also like an underground techno community like yeah. like every every capital city. I don't really get but, booked outside of North America at this moment in time. It's it's a bit shit. <laughs> 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 I wish yeah. I did. I wish I did more Europe stuff. Um Yeah, you want more uh Yeah. Yeah, you could I think it, you, I just want to be more worldy, time. right? I want to I want to experience more. Like I've been don't get me wrong, the touring's been really lucky to me and like I visited mm. like Japan is my favorite place in the world and like Yeah, I remember there, that vlog. Been there a couple <laughs> of times and it's just like it's amazing. Um that's crazy. You go all the way to Japan but just like, you know, from UK to continental Europe, nothing. I think I think You've been to Spain though. I feel like I've like seen you in Spain. I used to live in Ibiza. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I used to live in Ibiza. Um like years ago. Like I was What was that like? (laughs) Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, I was living in Ibiza. Jeez. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, what was (laughs) (laughs) I can quite happily say that it was some of the best times of my life. I had I learned a lot there and it's just amazing, amazing, and I mean, how how much a bottle of water costs, and <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Well, it's pretty much the same in Vegas, I think. True, it's like the same. But have you spent much time out there in Vegas or no? no I've never been to. 
never been to Ibiza, but uh, Vegas, been a couple times. Don't like it. <laughs> um, Vegas sucks. I'm sorry, Vegas. I did the the <laughs> the uh, the closest the closest I got to the Spanish islands though was uh, I lived in Barcelona for a few months. Oh, man. Got to kind of see what the culture was like there, and it's crazy. Barcelona is <laughs> beautiful. Barcelona is. Yeah, I've played Rasmataz. Um, yes, yeah, it's a great yeah, I club. Always end up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> massive. It's like, it's like an institution, isn't it? It's just such exactly, a great club. Yeah. But Barcelona yeah. is beautiful. It's, it's one of my favorite cities that I've been to in Europe. I think just just it's. I don't know what it is about it. I think I have some really. You know, when you have some like really good memories from from a yeah. city, and you're like, okay, I really like that. Um, but I remember like coming. So I used to drive to Ibiza. Um. Mm. So I drive all through from the UK, all through France, down through Spain, hit Barcelona, and get the ferry from Barcelona to Ibiza. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and I'd used to, like I did one trip with my sister, and then I did one trip with my dad as well, and it was just like amazing times. So I think that's what one of the reasons why I love Barcelona. But the food is uh, unreal there as well. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. I had a really good time. Um, yeah, did, visited there on the backpacking tour, and then ended up. Uh, staying for a bit it was like during the winter so it wasn't as much mm. going on but the uh what, the initial visit was during the summer and just yeah just wild every night i love the late night culture just amazing like, right? no sleep yeah and, yeah what well, so you're yeah, from you're from bulgaria right yeah i was born there but um moved to the u.s my parents uh when i was five years old okay so yeah just just enough to avoid the accent <laughs> but uh also enough to you know get the cultural like bearings and you yeah. know have that as the first language and uh can always relate back to that so i was gonna that's say why i'm excited <laughs> is it is it is it like kind of interesting for you because being i take it your parent are your parents bulgarian yeah yeah so like having that culture around you and also growing up around it with your parents but then also growing up with american all the americanisms right and yeah how old are you now uh i forgot 28 <laughs> <laughs> it's been, been locked up here too long <laughs> yeah um so like yeah you you've experienced a lot of america what's it like being being very bulgarian and also very american I, mean, I feel like I feel like I get the best of both because, you know, I can relate to Americans. I mean, a lot of, you know, my childhood was like a struggle, like, you yeah. know, being like the immigrant, the guy with the weird name and yeah. just like um, so it made me very like adaptable. Mm. Like we moved around a lot so I can adapt to like any kind of situation mm. um, wherever it is in the U.S. It was mostly the East Coast, like went to high school in South Carolina, went to uh, went to what was that like? And, because. Bulgaria and South Carolina are literally worlds apart. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> South Carolina's cool, man. It's just uh it's it's cool to visit. It's cool to, you know, just go out, chill out. My parents are there now. Yeah. Um it's hot as fuck as and well. Yeah, yeah, it kinda it gets it gets humid. It's kinda oh, like yeah. DC. But uh there's it snows sometimes actually. Mm. Like anytime there's a snow day, it would be school would close for like a week or two, yeah. like for like an inch of snow. But <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting because I was like trying to like blend in with those people, mm. and then like, you know, obviously still have friends there. Then 
the DC crowd and moving out to LA and I was like trying to fit into the LA crowd and it all, it all became too much. So I decided to just throw everything out, get a backpack, go to Europe and just like felt like more at home there. Mm. Um, you know, despite language differences and, you know, huge cultural culture shock in some places, but massive. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I like, I like kind of playing the best of both. It's, um, you know, I get the America when it's convenient. Mm. Uh, when the thing that ended my trip was when COVID hit, I was like stuck in Poland and I couldn't leave. <laughs> and they were like going around with like uh, like papers, papers, like the police, like yeah. just like hunting people down that like weren't there. But then Trump also closed the borders here. <laughs> and yeah, like all the flights were being canceled. It was crazy. So ended up making it back home to the US and it was just like a nice breath of fresh air. How did you make it back? It was just kept um, like the flights kept canceling, but I would mm. be like checking out of my apartment and moving out mm. and I'll be on the way to the airport with like all my, you know, all my backpacks and everything. And then halfway to the airport, would be like flight canceled and oh, I have to like no, go yeah. back and it's like the middle of the night and I'll be like either sleep at the train station <laughs> or find some hostel that's still not hasn't heard about covid wow and it took like yeah it took like two weeks and finally booked the flight that was going through through uh netherlands made it home so point being us was nice to retreat back to reset figure out the whole bad boom box thing and then now gonna attempt it again (laughs) so do you think like i i've spoken to a lot of artists and obviously a lot of our friends as well like do you think covid actually helped your career oh uh, a thousand percent (laughs) Like if it wasn't for being stuck at home, bored, those TikToks wouldn't have been made, and I wouldn't have been able to unlock the, uh, you know, developing the the sound and the artist mm-hmm. thing. You know, maybe eventually, but like that was just such a just kick in the ass. So you know, obviously it's such an unfortunate situation for a lot of people, but uh, you know there are positives, and you know when people got the the majority of people when they got a chance to stay home and figure something out, work on a new skill, something like that. Like it's uh, it was a, it's a blessing in disguise. I totally agree. It, it was the same for me. Kind of helped me you out. You made a lot of music, right? I made a shit ton of music. Shit ton of music. But also it was like, I got to do the podcast that I would never, yeah. I would, I've always wanted to do it. And before COVID, I actually bought all the gear to do it. But then I was just like, I don't have time to start it. Um, so it was like, for me, it was just like, yeah, hunker down and do some other things that I want to work on, really. And yeah, I remember it was you had the. <laughs> I was I was following your your vlog right when COVID was happening, and just like see it all kind of come crashing down and unwinding. Like it was like several episodes. It's like, oh man, this got canceled. Oh man, this got canceled. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this because at the time, like we didn't we didn't know. You know we didn't know it was it was crazy like we didn't know what uh like march like everything got so scary and mm. you know yeah but uh and then i immediately see you like two weeks later like first uh right like first first podcast goes up and yeah you just like hammer them out every week yeah just yeah and it's great and don't get me wrong it doesn't get loads of listeners and it's 
it's fun. Like we would never be, and I say this on every fucking podcast, we would never have been able to have a conversation like this in person because when, like even if we went to dinner together, we would have our mobile phones. We Someone would come and speak to us. Like we just yeah. wouldn't ever be able to sit down and like actually have long form conversations. And I think it's something that's missed massively in this day and age because the likes of TikTok, the likes of Instagram, the likes of social media, the likes of, text messaging like no one fucking calls you anymore like who who picks <laughs> up the, the phone and calls like, i think it's really important to like i i do make this effort to just call my friends occasionally and just be like what's going on like yeah and i was on i was i was going to um arizona the other night and one of my mates from arizona from the uk but he lives in arizona called me like he couldn't make it to the show so he called me like the night before and we were fucking on the phone for three hours and it was like it was great but i'm like three hours dude it's a bit much but again like Uh, it's just nice uh, to catch up with people it's just nice to be able to like build relationships and and i think the podcast has helped me do that massively um yeah even like it doesn't matter i mean you've been picking up listeners but you know even if uh like i would do it too like if even if no one's watching, you get to, you know, talk to people you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have ever Like, to. yeah, you, you have your friends on, but I see you also have people on that, you know, you want to get to know better and you want to meet them. And that's awesome. Yeah, I want to yeah. learn. I want to learn from people at the end of the day. It's kind of selfish, yeah. but it's like, I want, I want no, people. That's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, I want to I get better and I want to learn how to make better conversations and kind of hold myself in, in the world. And I think it's it's important. It's 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 massively helped me. I think it's helped mm-hmm. me keep in touch with people and kind of learn new things. Which during the pandemic, it's pretty hard because I think everyone went a little bit insular, which is totally understandable. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, even getting a phone call. I got a because I'm looking for a roommate to replace me, and it's like he just like called me out of the blue, and I was like, I like looked at the phone, like whoa, like freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's who's calling? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So how long are you uh, going to Prague for? Is it like inevitable? Is it for for good or just until you choose to? to we'll leave? see. At least I'm gonna, you know, be getting. I'm gonna get an apartment. So uh, at least a year. Nice. Sign a lease. See. Uh, see if I can. See if I can blend into the Czech culture. Mm. Been a fan for a while. Yeah. Can you speak the language? And no, but the advantage is that it's a. It's a Slavic language, same as Bulgarian, but it's a di- it's a distant Slavic language. Yeah. So it'll be enough of a challenge to um to learn, and it sounds it sounds cool. It sounds pretty. They like do this weird thing with the R, like the R has like an accent over, and you have to like make some crazy sound with your mouth. It's like <laughs> give give, a, give, me, to, give me an example. I want to hear this shit. It's like well, like they have this like the uh standard rolled r with, like in the word like prominente ah, okay it means like excuse me and then like there's an r with the accent over it in like the word dobche dobche it's ah, like okay. you have to like make a sh sound but yeah. also roll the r and it's like yeah it's i don't know i'm excited to learn i love i love learning can you speak uh, uh can you speak any other languages uh just bulgarian and english and I was living in france for a bit i was really trying to learn french um so I can understand like wor- simple sentences, mm. simple words, and getting around there. Otherwise, in Berlin, one thing I regret is in Berlin because I was had so much else on my mind. I didn't 
have enough mental capacity to make the make the effort to uh, learn German, but that would have been a good, you know. I feel like it's tough. In, there. I feel like it's tough in Berlin because although yeah, everyone speaks English, everyone speaks English. Yeah. Although it's a very German city and it's German have their own rules and kind of it's it's still very English speaking. And you yeah, can get they around. love the rules. Yeah, if it, even even the unspoken ones. It's like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing when I first went there was when you couldn't like use credit cards or bank cards and everything was like it's, cash only. It still is in certain places. Yeah, it's been it's been a little while since I've been obviously, but um yeah, it's still mostly because they love uh Germans love privacy, mm-hmm. like more than anything else, and which you know, fair, but sometimes like a little too <laughs> paranoid. Um <laughs> You know, like with cash, no one, no one's tracking that. Yeah. Like you can do whatever you want with your cash, and I feel like that's that's real freedom there. There's also uh, something about like filming, especially filming inside clubs. It's like mm. they'll even if it's not explicitly written on the <laughs> under yeah. the name of the club, it's uh, people will like shame you so much if you even like whip out your phone. Like a lot of clubs like confiscate your phone. Like yeah. you have to put it into a locker. Because, you know, all sorts of weird stuff goes in there. And- well, I think that's one of the reasons, right, isn't it? In a lot of these clubs, there's a lot of things that are happening that just don't, that should never be seen to the outside world. And I think Germany knows that it happens, but they just don't, if, if it's not in the media, then it's fine. But yeah. the minute somebody takes their phone into a black room in in Bergheim, like, it's game over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it'll just, it makes, you know, they're keeping, they're keeping all the, like, people think it's, like, super exclusive, but... It's more about it's not about keeping people out. It's about like keeping the people inside safe yeah. and able to like really express themselves. Like, you know, if I wanted to like go dance, my balls hanging out like I could. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and yeah, that's like that's freedom. But you know, sometimes paranoid. Like I was, uh, I remember I was taking just like a Snapchat, like a selfie to my friend, like on the metro. And there was some dude like three seats down, like like way down in the back of the train car. Like he sees that he's in the background of my like yeah. selfie Snapchat. And he like gets up beeline and starts yelling at me like, delete that right now. Delete that off your phone. I was like, dude, chill. It's like just going to my friend. He's like, no, delete it right now. I was like, no, bro, it's my phone. <laughs> and he just storms out and goes to a different train car. And, yeah. you know, it's like it was like funny in the moment. But then I think about it, it's like, you know, actually like. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's privacy. Obviously, don't freak out like that. But I I was actually on a plane um, a couple of weeks ago, and it, something very similar happened. Not to me, but I was sat next to a, a woman, and she took a selfie. And the woman next to her was sat next to her, and was like, "Do you mind not posting that online? Like, if you're sending it as mm. to like as to a friend, like fine. But can, can you not put that online?" um yeah which i i respect to a certain extent it's just how you deal with it right yeah yeah you don't like freak out and like dude i almost like followed him into the other train. <laughs> that would have been the ultimate <laughs> yeah there's a there's a nice way to do it but what do you think about so i'm at the age where uh you know friends are starting to get married some are starting to have kids how do you feel about uh you know like couples like posting you know photos of their kids and you know when they're babies and like all over social media. Is that kind of fucked up? It's a bit weird. But I also... 
Whatever. I don't give a fuck what anyone does. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't even look at it. But. Yeah, I think there's like people like I'm like I'm all for if if it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what really fucking annoys me though is when someone all they post is their kids. Yes. It's like just like, just start a social media for them. Like. Yeah, but even that. it's weird. I don't. I wouldn't do it personally. Who's gonna follow that? Yeah, but it's weird. But it's like I don't want to see your baby every time you post something. Like I get it. You've got a newborn baby. It fucking yeah. looks the same as every other baby. But... Yeah, it's like gross. It's like covered in yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... I, I don't know. I personally like. I keep. I I keep my pride. There's there's. There's not much of us that is private nowadays, right? Mm. And I think for me is before the pandemic, I I wouldn't post pictures, but I'd post a lot of stories of like my niece and nephews of all of us just like hanging out and like all my family together. And during the pandemic, I was like, okay, I actually, I want to be able to keep some part of my life private. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want all of it online. I don't want everything on social media like so like i if i'm dating someone it, nothing goes online if i'm with my family at like it doesn't really ever go online unless it's like unless i feel like it has to or like i want to but i i think that it's really important it i think it's adds really to the depth yeah i think it really it's really important to have a little bit of yourself still still behind closed doors Mm. because i think i think yeah. what happens is then your private life becomes work and then there's no balance yeah that's when that's when people really burn out like you can't ever escape it yeah i struggle with it i sh- i really do i struggle with the whole relaxing and like what do you what do you do to like do you ever have days where i remember you had patrick on here he said he like just would take just like a week mm. ghost off the grid, right? Do you ever do something like that? No, I, I've never <laughs> done that, and it scares the living shit out of me to do that. <laughs> but like, I've got like so so next week, which isn't next week when this podcast comes out, but next week I've got two days before I I've got two days off in 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 back in Detroit. So I come back on the Monday, and then I've got Tuesday, Wednesday before I then go back on tour, and today. I was actually supposed to be touring, but a, sh- a show got cancelled, um, mm. which is an interesting story to talk about in a sec. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, I should probably just take two days off because my schedules are being slammed. And then I'm like, but what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I don't know. What about you? Well, do you do you bring a lot of your like equipment and everything to, you know, if you're bored, like you can like make music like on the go. I don't really get bored. Like mm. I'm not that type of person where I like, I'm, I'm never re I'm never bored. I can't. Yeah. I just don't get bored. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think for me, if I was to take time out, like it, I'd love to, but I think I'd have to be with somebody to take that time out. Where I yeah, can just they kind like of force you into it. Yeah, and I think I I think I'd have to be in a relationship where they're like, 
Will, you're fucking leaving your phone at home. You're not posting on Instagram. But then again, yeah. it's also like, I don't know about you, but maybe it's not going to make any difference. But in my head, I'm like, oh, if I take two weeks out, like everyone's going to forget about me. Yeah, yeah. It's always this It's always this worry. Attention spans are quick. I feel like, but the people that, I feel like the people that forget, like you didn't really want them as fans anyway. Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, like the real ones that like buy tickets, buy merch, buy the music, like they're, you know, mm. like if you take, if you take a hiatus, you know, even like a month or two, like I feel like they'll, you know who you are, like yeah. they've been to your shit. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's also that like algorithms fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> but I keep, I keep getting proven wrong though with like the TikTok algorithm. Cause like there was times where I would just take several weeks off. Like I couldn't think of anything. And, you know, I was like, oh, shadow ban this uh, algorithm that. But then you just like make one thing that's just like relatable off, yeah. or, you know, like, yeah, just you just hit the right chord. So yeah, I don't I don't know if it's as emphasized as we think it is. Like maybe it's just, some, just something we tell ourselves. I think to also, stay, stay busy. <laughs> yeah, I think probably <laughs> denial. Yeah. I think also it's probably changed because I think I think TikTok. I, I watched this thing where. Did you watch the social dilemma? Nah, all my friends kept telling me to, but you should check uh, it out. It's really you. You, I know you understand what it is about already, so it doesn't. You don't have to watch it, but it's really interesting. But the way the TikTok algorithm compared to the Instagram algorithm was, TikTok just want you to be famous on there. They want people (laughs) to be famous. So, they give you that initial exactly. little jolt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. The very first video I posted was uh like I woke up and it had like you know, I'm used to getting like twelve views on my Instagram and yeah. then it had, you know, like uh, woke up had like a hundred thousand and yeah. I like I I threw up. I literally went to go throw up. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, I'd <laughs> never seen any attention like that before. And uh so that's when I committed and then it just slowly started taking them away and yeah. You know, but that's the thing. It's it's, it's what well, they at the end of the day. Once you've got once you've got it, they have the power to to take it away unless you're willing to pay to get it back. Because that's the, yeah. all, all Instagram is 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 an advertising platform. At the end of the day, yeah. Now it's now it's that. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's become a it, that's like your business profile. Yeah, totally, but, totally. Yeah. Um. Where did the whole merch thing start? Because you have some fucking killer merch. <laughs> yeah, I got to do a, I got to do another run. Well, my boy Martin in Berlin helped me out with that, uh, with like setting up the website and like getting the merch and everything. Um, the idea was, so I had two two shirts. One of them was uh, just like the thing people see me do on, <laughs> on. Uh, on TikTok to Techno Ski, which was like one of the one of the TikToks that blew up. Um the other one was dude, I when I was in Berlin, like my that's what my entire diet was, was just kebab. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> just eat w- one kebab a day and that's where <laughs> um and I always love that logo because you see it everywhere. Some one of the most recognizable logos. So at least if you know you've been to Europe. So it's like yeah. <laughs> just a donor man. It's uh it's funny because being british like it's the most quintessential food that you eat every time after a club 
and you just yeah we call and it always babies. fucks you up but yeah. like <laughs> we keep doing it it's so delicious yeah it's just i've never actually had a donna um but i have i always what, get like sheesh, get? chicken sheesh mm. it's good that do you get the wraps like the <clears throat> like the durham or the yeah the one in like the pita bread yeah yeah Oh, that's oh, so dude, good. I can't wait. I can't wait. The equivalent <laughs> the equivalent of that here in LA is uh just like really good Mexican food. And you can find like taco trucks yeah. like everywhere. Um but I don't know, it's not the same. It's not the it's same. Like, I, I'm, I miss, I'm sorry to all the yeah. Mexicans Mexican people living out here, but Mexican similar is, but it's similar but just not as it's not as it's not as got as much girth. Like I like I like to use the word <laughs> yeah. girth because it just tastes better, pretty much. Just yeah. tastes much better. Yeah. Yeah, get that. Get a nice girthy boy. Yeah. Get covered in that that sauce and <laughs> <laughs> But like always that's the thing too. They have them outside of clubs and you remember like Berlin Berlin clubs. I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's like that in London. I've never been to London, but mm. um you know, you go you go early to like get your stamp. And, you know, you check out the music, whatever. Then you go, like, pregame somewhere with your friends or get some food. Mm. Then you go back to the club. You're at the club for a while. You get that early morning donor. And then most people, like, go back into the club. <laughs> and that's how these, like, 18-hour, like, you know, benders ha- happen. But um, I wish it was like how... that. I wish it was like that in the UK, but it's not. I'm. I always wonder. Like I, I see them. Uh, like outside of Bergheim, right? Like everyone's yeah. eating the kebab and then go back in. Like how? You know? Like I eat one of those. It puts me out, dude. I want to go to bed. I start like yelling. Like <laughs> how can you speak to people after that? Because you your breath just stinks as well. Yeah, it's just, just like, like onions and like especially you know everyone's like doing ecstasy there. Just mouth oh. is already just the Sahara Desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of rough um i don't really get it but in the uk it's more like you what's the culture like yeah you, you drink at friends or a bar before you then go to the club for like as long as you possibly can and then mm-hmm. kick out time is either like depends what venues you're going to but a proper club's like four or five in the morning Mm-hmm. Um, but like the really like cheesy clubs are like two in the morning. So uh, you've got uh, like the like the really cheesy ones kick out and then you go to all the kebab shops and there's always a fight, always a fight. <laughs> <laughs> there's always a punch up in the kebab shop. Um, yeah, it's, and then people train like what, what are the fights like? <laughs> just just drunk fat dudes or even better drunk women when they just fucking have the biggest cat oh, fight just, just brutalizing just, just each other. yeah <laughs> and it's oh, so man. good to just it's it's awful to say but it's so funny just to watch from afar because you, you yeah. just see it happening like somebody accidentally <laughs> knocks into somebody and then it all starts and you're like or someone so looks at someone's girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever and it's like game over it's just hilarious um at least at least they'll fight about it and not like here in the u.s there's always people are like more like afraid to start a fight because you never know like who's who's carrying a well, gun you might or get fucking or, shot <laughs> yeah which they'll is, do it over the smallest thing like, yeah i guess the thing the equivalent in the uk especially in like some of the bigger cities in the more like kind of run down neighborhoods is that you just get stabbed true a lot of people you can are, survive that yeah you can i'd rather get stabbed than shot put it that way 
Jesus. Yeah, 100%. But, <laughs> but either way, you have a cool story. So you end up making it through. And, and, a, good, like, and a good scar. <laughs> and a good scar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like no one likes like a bullet wound that's like, dude... Like you should get that taken care of. Yeah, if you got sub- a nice like nice slash, <laughs> like you look, it looks badass. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to get stabbed though or slashed, but whatever floats your boat. You never know. Come to the UK and find out. Um, I really want to. Yeah, dude, I want to hear more about like the UK rave culture because like you know follow all the UK artists and it's, have like UK fans telling me to come and it's just, amazing, like, man. Been. It is amazing. I think it's changed a lot over the years. It's becoming more like headline kind of based where most of the world is really. Um, but the, the the amazing thing about the UK is that in each city, there's just so many clubs. Whereas like, and those so many clubs all play house and techno. It's not like, and then you also have the really shitty commercial clubs. It, we just it's just a bit of a party culture and it's not just like in germany you've got berlin and you've got like a few other cities that have specific clubs right that are famous clubs Mm. whereas in the uk it's tiny and there's so many venues in each in each city and then there's just Mm. always so many parties going on you can literally just tour the uk and with like every regional club with every regional town and city there's clubs in and you're like Mm. this is who would have thought that there's a fucking club in like leicester like no one's ever even heard of leicester but it sounds great and it's a proper rave it's like one of my mates throws a party in a in a place called lincoln and you're like where Mm. the fuck is lincoln um (laughs) but it's he gets like four or five hundred kids raving in a basement and it's fucking slamming and you don't really get that in there's not many countries that have such a big culture of house and techno like Mm. it's usually just one city um right even in the states like in most cities there's one house and techno club right apart from if you're in the majors like San Fran, Chicago, LA, New York, uh, DC. Yeah. And Miami. then Miami, yeah. Yeah. But, and yeah, Detroit. That's, that's, what it's, that's what's missing. I, yeah. I, I don't think it, I don't think you'll ever change that. Like, American culture, American music is so hip hop like biased and mm. there's more it's, it's it's a business at the end of the day like one of my friends used to run a institution in detroit he used to own a place called grasshopper mm. in its heyday it was like it was the kind of the institution in although it's technically not in detroit it's right by detroit so people would just class it as detroit and it was at the time when it was kind of in its heyday it was fucking unreal um he's just opened up like a barcade that plays hip-hop and he's making shit ton more money like and you're just like well at the end of the day these a lot of these people were just a lot of club owners aren't opening clubs to to make to that they're opening clubs to make money yeah 
they're not make opening clubs because they love house music. Yeah. Yeah, it's very everything's very uh money talks here more than more than anything. But in the UK house but, music makes money. Yeah, yeah, but it's like what like people can relate to too cuz like there is a big like rap culture in the UK, right? But people do want to dance at the same time. Like here it's like less about that really. Like you don't want money. Yeah. It's more like what it's, uh, how how big your bottle is and how how big your 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 bill is at the end of the night. Exactly. Yeah. It's all it's all some sort of flex. Like even if even like your the things you go to enjoy have to have some kind of like value mm. proposition. Like some something has to be gained from that. Yeah, totally. And you know, I mean things can things can change, but I mean like like all the house music and all that like came that like started in the US for a reason. Um, but never really like took took uh took off as much as it did in Europe. Yeah. I, and yeah. I think that's the thing is I was talking to Gene Ferris about it on the podcast and obviously Amer- house music started here and then Europe kind of took it on and hip hop became good and became big here. And at the beginning, house music was for the underground, right? It's for the, for the gay black scene. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of the, the point where the gay black, kind of community could kind of escape from everything else because they weren't allowed mm-hmm. in and then when it became a little a little bit more acceptable to be gay and black that scene kind of died down and got taken over by hip hop um mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of it is how can you get out of the hood in in America how can you leave yeah. the hood and we all know house music you can earn good money, but you're not earning crazy bank that these hip hop guys would earn. Yeah. And then how do how do young kids growing up in poor neighborhoods how do they get out of the hood? And they that's the only way they get out of the hood is by making a shit ton of money. And how do you make a shit ton of money? Well you make hip hop. Yeah. Um and I think that's that's kind of I, I could be completely wrong and I'm I'm open for people to like call me out on that but that's my view on it i think uh no you i think you hit the nail on the head it's uh because being you know having a lot of money in the u.s is awesome Mm. like if you're super rich you know you go to the u.s you'll have a great time not having any money in the u.s is like the opposite it really sucks as opposed to you know certain countries like take care of you yeah um U.S. like I mean, depending on the state, like California offers like some things, but uh, yeah, it's 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 not great. So that's like a it's like a survival thing, and then like the survival mentality like carries over when you know, let's say you do become see like a little bit of wealth or see a little bit of success, but like that like never goes away. It's no. like just the hustle, the grind, the hustle, the grind, and mm. just no free time. Like you know, you can never go enjoy yourself. Like so, yeah. Yeah, that hopefully, that, hopefully Euro- can change, but- that European lifestyle is a lot more attractive to a lot of people. Yeah, and you got yeah, the best like of that. both worlds. I uh, I always forget to, but going back to what we were talking about earlier, like I forget to like just chill. can't like take a day off. Yeah. Like can't like chill. I was uh went to went to go to like a cabin with my friends a couple months ago. It was the first time I was away from my computer for more than for one day, literally. 
first time away from my computer in probably like four years. Like I've never mm. even, even if I go do something during the day, like go to the beach or yeah. uh, when I was backpacking or I was like backpacking all over Europe, just like going, like seeing like cool sites, cool places, go party every night with people. My default comfort zone, always in the morning, open up my computer, try to f- find something to like work on, yeah. something to do. Like yeah. just need a, uh, yeah, just want to just chill and, <laughs> It's tough. Having one day off a week makes a huge difference. Does it help you? It uh, the did it the last few weeks. It was um, just decided just not work on anything for one day. It was usually like a Saturday or Sunday, like after like a night out. Yeah, and just like watch a movie or like you know go for a walk or something. Mm-hmm. It made the other six days just like more productive. Like I like yeah. I could I could focus more. Yeah, and man. it's just it's just one day, you know. Yeah, so, in the grand scheme of life, it's not much, and if it helps, yeah. if it helps the creativity, then we're not yeah. right. And that's where memories are made too. You have a in your memory. There's like a reference point to every. Yeah. So you do it once a week. Each week, something uh, you do something fun or something good for you. Uh, that's how you your brain like categorizes like the other six days of work that you just did. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's when I made this song, or oh, that's when I yeah yeah started this project or whatever. So totally, man, I love that. Love that. Um, we've just done an hour and ten minutes. That's fucking gone quick. And I feel like we could go <laughs> go on forever. But I'm yeah. sweating out in this studio right now and I need to get the fuck where, out. Where where are you? I'm in Detroit. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um You have a studio there? I have a I I live in Detroit when I'm in America. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So um That's sick. I've been living here four years. Yeah, four years now. Wow. Um and then, but in the pandemic, I was back in the UK. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going back to the UK uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, so stoked? when this comes out, I'll actually be in the UK. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, thank you so much for being on. I, like, I've loved talking to you. It's been, it's been really nice getting to know you. Um, and I'd love to have you on again in the future. Um, yeah, I'm down. Before we go, how can people follow you on social media and kind of give them the spiel? So bad boombox, uh, Instagram slash bad boombox, TikTok at bad boombox, uh, YouTube posting regularly on there now too. Um, got new music, bad boombox on Spotify. Uh, new track just came out. Got another self release coming up. Uh, a little bit on the darker, faster techno side, and uh, yeah, yeah, bad boombox on all the things. You'll uh, you'll you'll see the mullet mustache guy on whatever meme page repost my repost my dances. So <laughs> yeah, Legend I'll be man. waiting for y'all there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, keep safe. Uh, safe Thank, travels. Thanks for having me, man. dude. Catch you soon. All right, take care. <laughs> and that is a wrap. Thanks for everyone to listening. Big ups to Bad Boombox. Go follow him on all the social medias on Spotify, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you don't, go check his music out. Um, have a great week. Keep safe, and see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.